0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Play! Full-time play. fantasy.
1: It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour On Thursday afternoon, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Of course, if you cannot listen live or only catch a portion of the show, don't worry. You can check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to your podcast, search Full-Time Fantasy, hit subscribe. You'll be notified when a new show is uploaded. And If you're just joining us now, we talked a lot in the first hour, breaking down a full starter season-long draft from PlayFFWC from last night and there were a lot of mistakes in that draft and we're going to point that out give you the strategy that you need because you know sometimes it's best to learn from other people's mistakes so you don't make them and there was a lot of mistakes in that draft that people make and you can go back on demand if you missed the first hour check it out as we break it down uh, so check it out also if you want to hop in a draft maybe you know sometimes people think oh, I'm not ready it's too early then you start to hear the football talk you see the picks and you get excited, and you want to hop in a draft, well, you can head over to playffwc.com. we got plenty of different drafts that you can participate in from best ball formats to season-long formats. Our online championship draft for tonight is sold out, but we've got plenty of more coming up, including slow drafts, the world championships, as we'll be live in Vegas at the Palms, first weekend of the football season. So if you can, make arrangements to come out there. It really is a fun time, and. You know, I've been there now two years and, you know, the first year I didn't know what to expect and I was really impressed. Uh, it was a good event, good people. You know, you get to meet people that you only see once a year. You have a good time drafting. There's drinks, entertainment. We watch football together. Really is a good time. So if you can try and make it out there for the first week in September and get involved in a draft, we've had the, uh, beat Adam Ronis online championship league out there, uh, two years. I'm sure we'll have another one this year and, uh, Wasn't great the first year, but was able to win it last year. And, uh, you know, some some good friends in the league, too. So it's uh, always a good time. And uh, uh, our draft moved insanely quickly last year. It was a good group. Everyone was ready to pick, and we got it done real quick. I think they said it felt like it was record time. But definitely a good time. So see if you can make it out there. You can check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. My baseball stock watch article will be up. Should be up shortly. Sent it in earlier today. Uh, Sean Childs, one of the top high-stakes players around and powering our projections at full-time fantasy. He has his in-depth team outlooks, latest look at the Los Angeles Chargers. Always a fun team for me in fantasy. Also, the closer report, depth charts and bullpens. Uh, Doc has his look at the training camp questions uh, as he goes around through each team with the pertinent questions. And, of course, if you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards in the forums. You could also check out fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS. Uh, Short slate tonight for the night slate, but they have you covered a lot of day baseball. We'll get to some of the action from this afternoon coming up in a little bit. But we have the Optimizer, Slack Chat, leading up to Lineup Block. Plenty of tools that you can use for DFS, VegasWhispers.com, and also FFChamps.com. So we've got a lot of tools to help you out and have success So make sure you check it out as well as our uh, full-time fantasy podcast network. I mean, it is just growing by the day. Some good names on there as it is all spearheaded by Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day, who we had on yesterday. We'll have on a lot more in upcoming shows as we get closer to football. So uh, make sure you check all of this out. I'll have Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. He'll join me in the next segment. We'll talk baseball with him. Uh, Let's go over some of the latest baseball news right now. J.D. Martinez left the game this afternoon due to back spasms, and this has been a recurring problem for him. He's been able to avoid the injury list so far this year, and he's still been relatively productive. He was one for two with a double and a run scored this afternoon, uh, but he was replaced in the fifth inning. So we know back injuries are very tricky. They tend to not go away without rest. Uh, but we have seen Martinez miss some games this year. Fortunately, he has not landed on the injury list just yet. So we'll just have to wait and see the extent of this one here. Wade Davis could be back with the Rockies this weekend in New York. The Rockies uh, will be playing the Mets uh, beginning tomorrow. Davis said that he's he feels ready to go. He threw a live batting practice session on Wednesday. He was out with an oblique injury, so he might skip a minor league rehab assignment. Uh, he's been out since May 22nd, so uh, Oberg has been filling in as the closer. And you know, I had mentioned that I didn't want to go crazy for him in Fab because I felt like number one, it might be a short stint as the closer, and also I wasn't sure how good he would be with his walk rate. Now, with that said, I did pick him up in I think two leagues. I definitely picked him up in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and you know, I was desperate there. I really. I might not have any closers now because I had picked up Steve Ciszek and obviously got some saves out of him, but that is out the window now. I had uh, Rowanis Elias and I had dropped him last week because when he had the opportunity, he wasn't good. And there's been hardly any save opportunities for Seattle over the last month. And then I picked up Oberg, you know, because I was like, all right, I don't have to spend 200 bucks on him. I was never going to do that. I spent 39. The runner up was 38. So I think I have two saves out of him. Uh, so I, 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 don't know if it was worth it or not, but you know, I'm des I was desperate for saves and there's a lot of teams out there. I think I'm last in saves in that league and it's really hurt me, uh, as far as the overall. And, uh, we just, haven't seen, there's been saves on the wa- waiver wire, but not a lot. Like you've had to act fast. And fortunately I did in a couple leagues, you know, for those that listen to this show, you probably have Hector Neris and you got him cheap because I picked up Neris in a lot of leagues early because just looking at the situation, Neris was a guy who closed last year, had success in the past. He had the bad stretch. They sent him to the minor leagues. He came back up, and he was good. And when you looked at that Philly bullpen, yeah, it was Robertson going into the year we all felt. He was pitching poorly. Sir Anthony Dominguez looked like he could be the guy. He was pitching poorly. So I just said, you know what? Neris, the way Capler manages his bullpen, Neris could be the guy. So I picked him up early and cheap, and fortunately, that has worked out. Another guy that was picked up was Hansel Robles, and he's struggled a little bit lately, but he did get a win yesterday. Ty Butchery, they asked him to throw a lot of pitches, and he was not very effective. Um, but, you know, Robles could be a guy that keeps the job for the year. Unfortunately, I did not get him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. The bidding came up short, but you kind of have to act quickly on these guys, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple more situations, but... Uh, it's been pretty quiet for the most part, uh, especially because a lot of the top 10 have really gotten the job done. Now, one where we might see a change is Jose LeClerc getting his job back and kind of said that for a few weeks now. I thought he would get the job back. Sean Kelly blew another save yesterday, gave up a home run in the ninth, and then LeClerc came in and threw two scoreless innings, and manager Chris Woodward, was speaking glowingly of LeClerc's a you know he he wants them to get back in there. And you could see his desire, and he's been a lot better. So that's a change that could happen soon. And Kelly is a guy that I picked up before he got to close the roll for like a dollar. But there were leagues where I think there was one league I was in. I was in someone spent three fifty on him, and I was like, wow, like that's not what you want to do if you're going to spend three fifty. That guy's got to close the rest of the year. And I know sometimes we don't know these things, and Kelly could have easily gone into that role and been dominant and maybe kept the job the entire year. But based on his history, the injuries, pitching in Texas, I don't think anyone believed that. So, yeah, it's tough. I think uh, we really haven't seen too many major closure changes. A lot of the top guys have been good. And even Shane Green, I don't think a lot of people felt like or, or or thought he potentially could be a guy that loses it, and he's been excellent. You know, he's been one of the top guys this year for saves. So very tricky to to gonna get those saves at this point without making a trade, and no one wants to pay a lot uh, to give up saves. But the one thing I will say, the category is very tight. Even if you're if you have one closer, then yeah, you're near the bottom, and I'm like that in a couple leagues, and there is a bit of a gap. But if you have like that one good closer and then you're kind of piecemealing the second guy together in a 15-team league, you're right there in the middle of the pack, man. And even picking someone up that has a job short-term and gets you three, four saves can make a big difference. You know, what happened to me a couple years ago in Taut Wars where it was Wilm Helmsen from Seattle. Like, I picked him up in August, and he, he might have had only, like, six saves, but it really helped me uh, move towards the top of the standing. So every save counts. and It's a little bit more difficult now because a lot of teams are employing more than one guy to close it out, so it has made it difficult. Charlie Blackman is expected to be back for the Rockies on Friday, as he started his rehab assignment on Wednesday. He's going to play another game there today, and then will likely be back with the Rockies for the series against the Mets. He's been out with that calf strain. They said all the time that it wasn't that serious, and you know that's the one advantage if you're in a weekly league, but you have uh, the NFBC setup where you can make your changes on Friday to your lineup, uh, this works out perfectly for you. Because now you put Blackman in your lineup and you got him for the weekend. I have Blackman in only one league. Unfortunately, it's a weekly league where we can't make our changes till Monday. And obviously, it was the right call to sit him this week. Because I knew he probably wouldn't be back till late in the week. And I'd rather have five, six games of him as opposed to three, especially in New York. Maybe if three were in cores, I probably still wouldn't do it. Because... You have to make that decision on Monday, and you don't know. You know, he could have a setback. He could have the rehab delayed. So, you don't know what's going to happen. So, the right call was to bench him this week. Speaking of potential closers, Hunter Strickland expects to begin a minor league rehab assignment next week. So, he threw another bullpen session today. He's going to do another one uh, Sunday then go out on a rehab assignment. He's been out since late March with a grade 2 strain of his lat. Uh, But he's you got to think he's going to take the job over as closer. And, you know, he was pretty good early in the year. And Strickland is a guy that I drafted in a couple of leagues cheap because I just thought he had the path to this job looking at that bullpen. And, you know, unfortunately, I did draft him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, but I did drop him. You know, I wasn't going to hold on to a guy for two, three months, especially that's a little bit of a volatile closer like Strickland. Uh, but I wrote about him last week or two weeks ago in an article about potential stashes and put him in there. Uh, and again, it's difficult to stash players if you don't have an IL, but especially the guy that could close, it's kind of worth it if you could pick him up. So I wasn't able to pick him up in any leagues, but you know, if you are looking, you have an open roster spot, see if Hunter Strickland is out there. Cause he could be back in a couple weeks and uh, he's going to go back to closing. Uh, they, they just haven't had a lot of save opportunities. Remember how good the Mariners were to start this season we kind of all knew it was a fluke. Uh, yeah, the offense was red hot, and they still have some good offensive pieces, but you knew that that pitching was not going to last, not with the the pitchers that they had, and they got off to that great start, and now they are falling apart. They're going to be looking to trade guys, so uh, not not the ideal situation there. Uh, Lorenzo Cain did leave yesterday's game with a thumb injury, but he is in the lineup today, uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Thumbs can be tricky. could affect the way you hit as well. Robinson Cano left yesterday's game for the Mets, and he he's just came off the injured list with the left quad and hit a ground ball, turned into a double play. He said he does not expect to return to the injured list, but, man, this is definitely not a good sign here, and Cano's already been a disaster this year. He hasn't been good, and people are going to try and hang on to him because of his name value, but, man, uh, it just has not been good for Cano, so we'll see. I know he said he's not going to go on the injury list, but... Maybe he came back too soon. Remember, he didn't do uh, any rehab assignments, and that's why you see a lot of teams want to do it. Even for you know a guy like Charlie Blackman, just get him out there for two games. Make sure it's right before you put him back at the major league level. Uh, that didn't happen for Robinson Cano. Tommy Pham is back in the lineup today for the Rays. Good sign there. He missed the weekend and the uh, first few games of the week as he was dealing with a minor right calf strain. So he's back in the lineup. So good news there for him. Uh Kested Yura, who we talked about being sent down his first game yesterday at AAA, two for four, double a walk, and three runs scored. So, look, he has nothing left to prove there. He was starting to hit at the major league level. I think he's a guy that you just have to hold on to for now, especially if you spend a lot of fab on him. You got to think he's going to be back up at a certain point, and especially if the Brewers often struggles, if Travis Shaw is not producing, if they're still not getting anything out of the first base position, you have to think he gets to call up soon. Shinsu Chu was hit by a pitch yesterday. Uh, X-rays were negative on him. So there's some swelling there, but doesn't seem like it's going to cost him much time at all. Chu's had a really nice year. We know Chu in OBP leagues, uh, definitely valuable. Uh, But even this year, 295 average to 381 OBP, 11 homers, 28 RBIs, even as three stolen bases, 41 runs scored too. Uh, Definitely been a, a nice value this year. Willie Calhoun is going to begin a rehab assignment next week. So that was another guy. I mean, all these guys that people spent a ton of fab money for, it hasn't worked out. And I know the pessimistic people are going to say, see, I told you, you shouldn't do it. But then on the flip side, you got a guy like Austin Riley who went for the most fab and obviously has been most productive. But Hura got sent down. Uh, Calhoun got hurt. That, that's kind of bad luck with Calhoun because he was hitting and he was getting some playing time. That was kind of bad luck. And Nicky Lopez, who I write about in the Stockwatch today, I mean, he's been terrible. He was a guy that was hitting second in the lineup, and they've recently dropped him to seventh. He just hasn't hit at all. He's in the low 200. And the one thing you were counting on for him was stolen bases. He hasn't even attempted a stolen base yet. So, uh, you know, there's, there's risk. There's no doubt. you know, And that's why – you know, and I didn't spend big money on any of them. I did spend like maybe 130, 140 on Lopez in the league because I had a lot of fab left. And I said, all right, I'll take a shot. And he's, he's still in my lineup, but you got to understand there's a risk. And, you know, look, the Riley bid so far paid off. Now he could easily go into an extended stomp. That strikeout rate is high, but right now that's paid off. And the rest of the guys have been at disappointment. But here is still a guy that can come up and do something. Calhoun, Calhoun could come off the injured list and do something. So right now the returns don't look good. I mean, Corbin Morton was a pretty bad one. Obviously, he got sent down in the minor league. So, you know, the lesson is here that there's definitely risk with these guys when you pay up. There's also the possibility of a potential league winner. I mean, Juan Soto was that guy last year. You know, Juan Soto had hardly... Very little minor league experience came up and was a league winner. So you got to understand there's definitely risk involved when you make these bids, but there could be potential huge upside. When we return, we'll talk more baseball. I'll be joined by Matt Modica from theathletic.com. That is next, right here in his full time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
3: 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 dailyrodo.com
0: This
1: is Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. I'll have a baseball stock watch article up to today. Sean Childs has his latest team outlooks for NFL, looking at the Los Angeles Chargers. And he has a lot more teams up as he runs through the AFC. And, of course, if you have any questions, you can ask him on the message boards and the forums at fulltimefantasy.com. Dot com. Joining me now, it's my good buddy Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. Matt, what's going on?
2: Uh, it's a happy Thursday afternoon. The Mets pulled it off; they didn't blow another one. So I'm getting ready for the weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Though I gotta say, man, you know it still has been a disappointing <laughs> stretch here for the Mets. Uh, you know they've they've had a soft schedule here recently. And they just haven't been able to take advantage of it. I mean, yeah, okay, they took two or three from the Giants, but the Tiger series, getting swept by the Marlins, you know, you can't have that in this division. You know, they're still sitting two games on the 500.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, they blew that game, Arizona. they blew a game in Los Angeles. I mean, they have given away plenty of games, the teams you mentioned. But, you know, the, the goal is stay around 500, and let's see what this team could do. Hopefully the pitching... Improves further and uh, we go from
1: there you know Noah syndergaard has been a big big topic in the fantasy industry everyone was just crapping all over him and you know it was a better start the other day it looked pretty bad think he had the bases loaded there against the Giants and he did escape uh, allowing three runs although you know he wanted to stay in the game and Mickey Calloway admitted after he should have left him in um are you encouraged? Buy Syndergaard his last outing. I know it was the Giants. You know, I know you're not in many trading leagues, but there are people listening that are. Would you? Would you try and buy Syndergaard right now? Because the perception of him is that he he's just not good right now.
2: I think you you have to try and buy him. I mean, I'm just going to go on talent and him figure out. He has to figure it out. He has to realize the slider he had, even going back to last year, it's down like four ticks. The swing strike percentage, or the whiff percentage, is cut in half. I mean, so he's got to figure out what his best game plan is when he's getting on that mound. And yes, Callaway should have taken him out at that point in time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you rarely see a manager admit it afterwards. But you know, the Mets bullpen has just been a disaster. Uh, (laughs) Now, Jason Vargas, man. Like okay, I kind of liked him this week because he was home against the Giants, but I didn't get him in any league. Uh, I think I did it. I think I had a bid in on our, our our auction league, uh, and obviously he had a great performance. And the numbers, if you look, are pretty good. But he's got two starts next week. The first one's at the Yankees, and then home to the Cardinals. Could you see using
2: him next week? Yeah, I looked at that last night. That was one of the first things I did. I started him in my uh, MLB contract week, which is a drafted hold, but it's a pretty nice prize at the end of that one. And in one of my other uh, drafted holds, I mean, this was the week if you're ever going to start him, you know, you, you had to pretty much go that route. But that was the first thing I looked at was you know his matchups next weekend. I'm not rolling him out against at, at Yankee Stadium to start it off and then closing it off versus the Cardinals. I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah.
1: I Think I can either uh, that Yankee Stadium start could be a disaster. It's one thing facing the Giants at home, another thing going into Yankee Stadium on a potentially warm night
2: uh, against the Yankees. Well, the one good thing, the one good thing is Vargas is pitching Monday night. We're going Tuesday night, I believe, still, and uh, yes, we get Wheeler. <laughs> yeah,
1: it'll, it'll be Zach Wheeler against Jay Happ. So. I don't know, man. Like, I, I used to love Mets-Yankee games, man, but with the way the Mets are playing and the Yankees are playing, like, I don't know. Like, I don't have that excitement level anymore.
2: Look, uh, you, know, you got to be excited right now. There's, you know, as long as it's, it's, look, it's first week of June, it's like the same thing with fantasy. You want to be in good positions. The leagues I'm killing it in, I don't feel confident that I've won anything like that. It's such a long way to go. I think mean, the leagues where, I, you know, as long as I'm in a good spot, I feel good. And, I, 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 and you got to be honest, look at your team. If you have a good team, you know if people can say you can have all of fat bids. You have a chance, and that's all you really can ask for.
1: Oh, that is true. Talking to Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. Man, uh, we've seen a lot of blow-up performances here that have ballooned people's ERA. I've had a couple leagues where I was in good shape, and uh, I had Marco Gonzalez uh, over the weekend, and that was terrible. Uh, and I actually do have Kevin Gossman in two leagues. And, man, what the hell is going on with Kevin Gossman? I think, you know, many of us thought, okay, we saw he was pretty good last year, coming over to Atlanta, leaving Baltimore and Camden Yards where home runs were a major problem for him. Okay, he could be a decent pitcher, but, man, couple of bad outings, including yesterday. Is there hope for him? Is this just a poor luck? Or is maybe he's just not that good. What What are your thoughts on Gossman?
2: I mean, I thought the Atlanta move was a better move for him. I didn't own him, but last week I said, you know, if you could uh, – if somebody drops Gossman in a 15-team league, pick him up, and I apologize for that. Of course, it's been crazy. Look, if you had an old Monday night – Marquez last night, you know, these are just, you know, starts that, you know, pitchers are just getting pounded. <laughs> There's no, I don't know. Look, Blake still got blown up in Detroit. I don't know what to think anymore.
1: I know. That's that's what's crazy is, like, you just look <laughs> left and right and it doesn't matter. I mean, unless you have Hinjin Ryu, who just doesn't get blown mm-hmm. up at all, it's like all these pitchers are at risk uh, every day, even, even the elite ones. I mean, you talk about Aaron Nola. That's another guy too. Is there? Are you worried about him, or is he someone you would also look to trade for in a an illegal trading?
2: Look, I mean, I've been one of his biggest supporters. It's been a very disappointing two plus months uh, in the league. Mean Chris McCarron, we're in third overall or fourth right now, and we need Noah. You know, we need him. He's our, you know, he's our ace. So if he can turn it around, which I think he has a track record. Last last thirty days. He's got like a 28, 29% strikeout percentage. It's the walks, which he's, it's uncharacteristic for him. He's been known as a control guy. The walks have killed him. So I'm going to believe that he's going to turn it around. You know, the the good players in the game will have a couple of bad months, but are also going to have a couple of really good months and, and help carry you at times. And that's what I believe. I believe, you know, You start your studs every week. I know some people with the matchups. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would take the gamble. I mean, the way pitching's gone so far this year, I mean, who knows? Maybe the ball changes at some point, miraculously. I don't know, but you saw Todd Fraser's homer. That thing was a
1: fly ball that just kept going. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And Nola with a 10% walk rate this year and a 1.53 whip. I mean, this guy had a 0. 0.97 whip last year. It's 1.53, <laughs> and that's the thing with some of these pitchers this year. So it's it's been a really difficult year. But, you know, I like that you said that you're that high up with Nola because a lot of people say, oh, well, I have Nola. I can't win. You know, yeah, that's a. It, oh. it, it hurts your team, especially when you pay up. But it, you just have to find the other guys later on that can offset that.
2: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you're, you're not just going to win on your first and second round picks, you need those post fifteen round picks to hit you need guys like Josh Bell. You need Caleb Smith, Matt Boyd, or even like a hundred real. You know, a guy like that that you know was just totally dominant. You know how
1: terrible it feels to have no Josh Bell shares? I mean, I got Ryu, and I've got some guys, but I don't have Josh Bell. And I'm just watching yeah. him every day. I just watched him hit another double. I mean, it sucks when you don't have that guy. I know you have him, but I'm sure there's a couple guys that are going off that you don't have. It's like
2: the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, I don't have any Ryu. I really don't have any Dodgers pitching, and I usually heavily invest in them. And it just works out that way. But I've been lucky enough to have some other guys. i got a lot of paddock, who up until recently, you know, has stumbled and and faltered. But, you know, I think it's a little bit of a a mixed bag. He does have 20 strikeouts to two walks over these last uh, four starts. The seven home runs is killing him. But he's also played the Yankees, the Phillies, the Dodgers. And I believe Arizona got mixed. So I'm not as worried. They managed them very well. So I think we can have them for a few more months. And you know, you gotta go from there. But that's the biggest that, that one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, Oh, my first round pick got hurt, I I don't have a chance. That's that's garbage. Which you can still win, you can still cash in leagues, you just gotta baseball is a grind.
1: It is. You know, you bring up Paddock because I love the people now who are bashing Paddock. Like, oh, this guy's not good. <laughs> like, wait a second, guys. Can you take a step back here? First of all, he was never going to have an ERA under two for the whole year. Let's look at his overall numbers. He's got a 2.97 2. ERA. He's got a 0.89 whip. I just told you about Aaron Nola in a 1.53 whip. And Paddock's got a 27.4% strike rate, a 5% walk rate. Sure, he's had some struggles lately. We knew it was going to happen. Anyone who yeah. drafted him knew... <laughs> That there was going to be somewhat of an innings limit. And I'm interested to see what the Padres do because this team is in the wild card contention. And they just put Matt Strom on the injured list. And that seems like it might have been an innings thing, too, because they're saying he's going to be back in the minimum amount of time. And I'm sure that's going to happen with Paddock. I'm sure they're going to, around the All Star break, they're going to give him an extended rest. But, like, how can you be upset if you have Paddock now? Even if you reached on him, and I know you did, like 10th eleven 11th round, like, how can you bash someone? that has Paddock right now. I mean, he's been one of the better pitchers.
2: Well, basically what we call those people, we call them haters. Those are people that don't have shares of Paddock and are pissed off and, you know, they're, they're lashing out. Look, they, look, that like you said, you've got to look at where, where are these guys now and where are they going the rest of the season. And most of the guys, except maybe Hunter and Ryu, who are pitching below two ERAs, it's never going to hold. That rarely ever happens. You know, Blake Snell and DeGrom last year, those were career years. They were fantastic years. You'll get that once in a while. But outside of what we saw from Kershaw, it's going to very rarely happen. And in this environment, I mean, if you've got a guy like a paddock or somebody like that that has done this for you for over two uh, months plus, that's a godsend.
1: No, it definitely is. Talking to Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. Uh, So Nick Pavetta, his return, it looked shaky early on. He had that bad first inning against the Cardinals, a lot of two runs, settled down, went five innings, got a win. And then a really good start against the Dodgers, and we just don't see many teams lock down the Dodgers Mm -hmm. like that. He went six scoreless innings and struck out nine. So are we confident that we can put Pavetta out there, or do we know that there's some volatility there? Like, what is the outlook for Pavetta? I'm sure you're going to say if you have him, you're going to run him out there for most starts, but – is he a guy that we're comfortable that he secures this starting role the rest of the year for the Phillies?
2: I, I think so. Look, this, you, this is the, you can't be any more confident coming off of that uh, game on Sunday versus the Dodgers. I believe after the first four batters he faced against St. Louis, he has struck out 15 of the 38 batters he's faced after that. So this is a guy that we know had talent. The question was, could he put it together? Is he going to have ups and downs? I'm, I'm sure he will. But I think this is a talented pitcher. He was a talented pitcher in the draft season that everybody was excited for. He's on a very good team. And, you know, if, if you were able to pick him up or for waivers or whatever, I think you have to be excited at, at this point in time. And I think you've got to, you know, lock and load him in your lineup outside of course.
1: Obviously, I think there's a lot of people who are a little upset at Travis Shaw right now because it meant Keston here it goes down to the minor leagues. But mm-hmm. is Travis Shaw worth owning right now to see what he can do the next couple of weeks here? Obviously, he struggled in his minor league rehab assignment. I think he was over for yesterday, not in the lineup today. Is he worthy of a, a roster spot in a 12- or 15-team league
2: right now? I think in a 15, not in a 12, if you want to spec. I specked on him two weeks ago in our auction league. I got him for like around just under twenty dollars or something like that. He's actually my middle infielder right now because Carlos Correa is hurt. I just think he should be the first baseman for the Brewers and facing, you know, and never face a lefty. I, I wrote that up coming into the season. He's a you know a fantastic power platoon bat. He had a terrible first couple of months, but Jesus Aguilar is looking like a one-year wonder. Eric James is expendable, in my opinion. What has he done in three years in Milwaukee, outside of April? He's done nothing. You know, I'm not saying they got to get rid of these guys, but I'm not. I think Travis Shore should be in the first base mix, and a guy like uh, Justin her should be at second base. I know the strikeouts versus walks were, were a little bit concerning, but the stat uh, stat numbers are good, and this kid is a hitter.
1: No, I thought the same thing. I thought Shaw maybe would get an opportunity at first, since Aguiar and Thames have struggled. My guess is, not reading much up on the situation, they would have had to possibly cut one of those guys, and I don't think they mm-hmm. do. Right? Is that the issue? They probably they probably I, I want. I think that yeah. is. I think that is the issue. They probably want to try and trade one of them, at least get something, even if it's not a great package. And I gotta think Cure is gonna be back. I didn't get him in any league, but if someone did spend money on him. You have to hold him for a
2: few weeks, right? Thinking he'll be back up? I, I, I think so. I mean, this kid can hit. You know, that, that's his hallmark. I know the defense has been a bit shaky. But the kid's played, what, 17 games? You've got to give them a little time. Also, the fact that the more, you, you know, the more you're there in, in the majors, the more comfortable you are at the position. You know, it's just a lifestyle, too. It's a lifestyle change. So, you know, I, I would hold on to him. If, if I bought him in Fab and stuff, and like I said, I, I think the one thing I think is tricky here, what the Brewers are doing, and my biggest argument is they can't wait around for these guys to get good. The Cubs are too good, and they just got Kimball. So, like, you might wait a week or two, and then you find yourself, you know, four games out, five games out when you were tied at one point.
1: Yeah, and the National League has a lot of teams that are in contention for the wild card, so it's not going to be easy. All right, Matt, the ultimate tease, and I've been burned by this guy this year, (laughs) Freddie Peralta. Today, five scoreless innings, two hits, no walks, nine Ks against the Marlins. And you could say, well, it's the Marlins. Well, the Marlins have been hitting lately, especially on the road in this Milwaukee series. Is Freddie Peralta someone you say, you know what, I've seen this, and he could easily blow up next outing? Or do you say, you know what, I'll take a shot. Pitching's so brutal, and he can get
2: Ks. Look, I think the kid's got talent. I don't know if he ends up being a multi-inning reliever with some shutdown stuff, but when you start pre- Freddie Peralta, it's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> I'll, I'll steal a line from Gump because you never know what you're going to get. You're going to get greatness, or, you, or, you, or you're going to get lit up. Do, what do you do with a pitcher like that, though?
1: Does if you're near the top, That's of this kid, I
2: think you have to take, take a shot. I think right? sometimes you have to. Sometimes you you got to do it, especially in this landscape. You know, so you're going to have to. You know, put some risky pitches in there from time to time.
1: It just sucks because you, you get this outing and you're like, all right, I'll take a shot. And you know what's going to happen. Next outing, first yep. inning, four runs, five hits. And you're like, why'd I do it? I should have known better. So <laughs> it's, it is rough, though, with this uh, pitching landscape for sure. All right, Matt, uh, what do you got going on at the Athletic?
2: Uh, just getting ready to write up the two-star pitchers and basically going over the frauds versus forces for this weekend and I'll see you
1: Tuesday as well. Yeah, definitely. We'll be going to uh, the Mets-Yankees game with uh, Christopher Carroll and Brian Ambo. So three Mets fans. Yeah, are thank one you, Yankee Brian. Fan. Yeah, definitely. Three, <laughs> three Mets fans, one Yankees fan. Although, uh, ho- hopefully, at least Wheeler we got going. And Wheeler, yes. Wheeler was good today. Yes. He, only, he only allowed three hits. Unfortunately, two home runs and he couldn't get the damn win. <laughs> but, uh, all right, Matt. Good talking to you, man. I'll see you all on Tuesday. Thanks again. All right, that is Matt Modica. You can check him out at theathletic.com. Uh, by the way, a report right now from Mark Feinstein that the Braves have emerged as the front runners to sign Dallas Keuchel. The Yankees remain in the mix, but Atlanta appears to be making a push for Dallas Keuchel. When we return, we'll take a look at some of the afternoon action and lineup for tonight. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here it is, full time fantasy. Adam Rome's here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. My baseball stock watch article will be up today, if not tomorrow, but should be up today. Got Sean Childs with a look at the Los Angeles Chargers, and of course, any questions you have on the message boards and forums—whether it's baseball pickups, trade strategy, or football—most of the questions right now are baseball, as it is. Important part of the season is we take shape of our rosters. You got a lot of teams in keeper leagues who are deciding to trade, realizing okay they don't have what it takes this year. Been getting some of those messages on my league site as teams looking to make some trades. Uh, but whatever it is you have, we will help you out. Just uh, go to the message boards and forums and become a member today. Uh, if you are serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Matic and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. I have some news here in the NBA. Kevin Durant has been ruled out for Game 4. Uh, I think we're not too surprised by this. There was a picture of him yesterday with some ice right near his Achilles. and uh, it's, Obviously, the Warriors really need him. I was actually surprised that the Warriors were favored. Yesterday, now, we didn't get official designation on Klay Thompson, but we talked about it on the show Tuesday. Uh, Frank Staffel came on with me, and we were talking about it, and, you know, I I like the Raptors. At that point, they were getting four and a half, five points, depending on the book, and I just didn't think Klay Thompson was going to play. We heard a report, like, about an hour before game that Klay Thompson was active. But that didn't mean he was going to play. He was just on the active roster. But then we heard, you know, before he was out, the line dropped to three. I just didn't see them winning without Klay Thompson. We got a glimpse of it in game game two at the end of the game where the Warriors weren't scoring in that last six, seven minutes. It, it's going to be real difficult. And it's not even that; it's the defense. Do You really think the Warriors with Klay Thompson would give up over 120 to the Raptors? Wouldn't happen. You take him out, and that's the biggest loss. It was on the def- defensive side. You know, Warriors did score 109 points uh, again. You know, Steph Curry had a career game, but it looks like Klay Thompson is going to play, but that doesn't mean he's 100. percent So you know, Warriors in some trouble here. Uh, they are favored. Uh, well, I saw last night. I haven't checked today. It opened at five and a half. So little surprising there that told me that they felt that Thompson was going to play. And obviously it's a huge game for the Warriors and it makes it difficult because we just don't know how effective Thompson can be. So I don't know. It just seems like maybe the Warriors here are are really not giving us the details on this Durant injury. It's probably worse than we thought, Uh, but they're saying Clay Thompson won't have a minutes limit Friday and look kind of seasons on the line here. I mean, the raptors had to win last night's game. They had to win it because you knew that there was a possibility that Durant or Thompson if not both could be back, but you know, I said it the other day, I just don't want to see this warriors window here close because of injuries. And I know it's happened to other teams before and the cavs had some injuries, but it's it you cannot tell me that this team is not affected by not having Durant in Uh, Thompson, even though Thompson will be back, we don't know how healthy he's going to be. So, uh, obviously, big game there for the Warriors. Uh, You never want to count them out. And I always talk about their live money line. And I was looking at it last night. I tweeted out. I'm like, does anyone have confidence right now on the Warriors' live money line? Because I didn't. I usually always put money on them uh, if they're down in game. I did a lot in the Portland series. But, you know, when you're sitting there watching the game – Uh, you you get a feel for it. And the feel's not always right. But when I was watching last night, I was like, "Mm, they're not coming back. I mean, Toronto always had an answer. Kyle Lowry with a big game. And Danny Green, you know, he, he struggled in the last series, but came alive yesterday. And it was defensively that had me concerned. I was looking, I'm like, they're not really getting the job done defensively. Toronto's getting really good looks here. So I never plucked that money down. And most of the responses that I got on Twitter were kind of the same. A lot of people didn't feel that way, and uh, good thing I didn't put that money down because just didn't get to feel like uh, watching that game. Let's take a look at some action from this afternoon. We do have some games that are final. Mets beat the Giants 7-3 to this afternoon. Just three hits for the Giants. Two of them were home runs. Pablo Sandoval is eighth, and Brandon Belt is ninth. Uh, Belt continues to be a good OBP source, 360 OBP, batting 246. But again, in that ballpark, It really hurts him. He's got nine homers, 27 RBIs, so uh, just really not the best uh, fantasy option right now. Uh, Anderson with a solid start for the Giants after struggling in the first inning. Six innings, six hits, three runs, three walks, three Ks. He did allow two home runs, though. For the Mets, Zach Wheeler with an excellent start, and unfortunately, he did not get the win. He went seven innings, allowed only three hits, three runs, a walk, six Ks. Uh, Two home runs really hurt. 107 pitches, uh, ERA down a 4-6-1. Seth Lugo got the win in this game, pitching a scoreless eighth inning. He's now 3-0 offensively for the Mets. They opened this game with consecutive home runs. Ahmed Rosario with his eighth home run of the year. Dominic Smith, who's been bothered by a thumb issue lately, he homered his fourth, and he's been getting more playing time. And I thought last week I was looking to pick him up, but kind of was worried about the thumb injury. But he's getting a lot of playing time in left field. He's producing. He's now hitting three he He's got a four sixty eight OVP. He got four home runs, nine RBIs, and they've been often hitting him two against right-handed pitching. Uh, Jeff McNeil did not start this game, but he pinched it two for two with two RBIs. Todd Frazier with the big hit in this game, his fifth home run of the season in the eighth inning off Mark Melancon. And Michael Conforto with his fourth stolen base of the year as the Mets take that series two out of three from the Giants. The Pirates beat the Braves this afternoon six to one. They're now one game under 500. Freddie Freeman with his sixteenth homer for the Braves, you know, loved Freeman going into the season and uh I didn't get him in many leagues. Well, okay, I did get him in our in our GST league. And what happened in that league was I didn't expect him to last. I had the third pick out of fifteen teams, and I was all set to take a starting pitcher. Freddie Freeman is there. I'm like, I am not passing on Freddie Freeman, a guy that's you know gonna give you a great average, gonna give you power. And, you know, I always felt I'm like, there there's the potential for a 35-40 homer season from Freeman, uh, and especially with you – know, I didn't know before the year that baseball was going to be like this, but Freeman, 16 homers, 38 RBIs, uh, 307 average, 393, just a uh, stud. Austin Riley, two for four today, did strike out twice, batting 329, 369 OBP. He did not homer today. That's always news when he doesn't homer. Mike Fulton-Newich, uh, solid start here. I still don't trust him going forward. He has a two-start week next week, and I guess in 15-team leagues – you can probably run him out there, but uh, six innings, six hits, three runs, a walk, five five Ks. He did allow two home runs, now a 5.89 ERA, uh, but just not the same pitcher. Uh, for the Pirates, uh, Gregory Polanco is sixth home run. He's been struggling a little bit lately, uh, and Colin Moran, his eighth home run, he's actually been playing pretty well. Actually, I had to pick him up. I'm in a 14-team league uh, where it's 30 roster spots, and we have IL spots, so – with Joey Gallo out, I didn't have another corner infield on my roster, and Moran was like the best guy available. it's not much there. And I uh, picked him up, and uh, he uh, had a home run today. So eight home runs on the season and 32 RBIs, so he's done a nice job. Josh Bell just continues to mash, man. Three for four, two runs, two RBIs. Now hitting three thirty-eight on the season. He's got 56 RBIs. Josh Bell has got to be one of the – biggest surprises of the season and there's a few but man you got this guy for cheap I mean he was like two bucks in auctions uh you know 15th 16th 17th round and he is just absolutely crushing it and uh, I didn't see this coming uh, I just didn't I know he changed his swing a little bit and he's hitting more fly balls but uh, I think even the most optimistic Josh Bell supporter has got to be stunned by this couldn't have expected these numbers by now but you know he's been a uh, great Chris Archer Hasn't been great this year. And I wrote about him in the stock watch as a stock down. Uh, Good start for him today. Six innings, six hits, a run, two walks, six Ks, a home run. You know, he got off to a really good start this year, then got hurt. I I still don't trust him. You know, I still think this is kind of a name value guy. Uh, I did think about picking him up in a 12-team league where he was available and didn't get him just because, you know, there is the potential for him to turn it around. But we just haven't seen many positive things this year. But he was good today. Uh, Felipe Vasquez with the save, his 15th of the year, an inning and a third. He he'll one hit, two walks in the K, area 2.30. Just uh, another example of how I talk about, you know, a lot of the top-tier closers this year have worked out. I mean, when you look back, at, at we really haven't seen many flops at all. And Vasquez was one of those top-ten closers who has produced uh, at a nice level this year. Right now, the Brewers in the bottom of the sixth lead Miami 4-1 to one, uh, as they look to avoid the sweep here. And the story of this game, as I talked a little bit about with Matt Modica, is Freddy Peralta, six innings, four hits, one run, no walks, and nine Ks. Look, we know Peralta has a great arm. I mean, Peralta's a guy that I took in a couple leagues, wound up cutting. And it's just that he is so volatile. From one start to the next, you have no idea what you're going to get. And Is he worth owning in 15-team leagues? I guess so because the pitching landscape is so bad. But you know what's going to happen. You know his next start, he's going to allow, like, four runs in the first inning just because there's times where, you know, he basically has two pitches. And if he can't spot that fastball, he's in real trouble. And then he tends to lose command of the strike zone. So I know it was the Marlins today, but the Marlins have been hitting lately. Remember, they put about, what, 15 runs the other night uh, in this ballpark? Uh, But Peralta certainly has the strikeouts. um, And the walks actually have not been that bad this year. It's been the home runs that have been a major problem for him. So there's definitely potential here. And I guess we are to the point now with pitching where we got to take a shot on him. But, again, I know that you're going to sit there and go, why did I pick this guy up? I should have known. He's getting hammered. Because we just haven't seen any consistency from him this year. At all. And trust me, I've had him in a few leagues. You know, the first start of the year, three innings, six hits, four runs, a homer, three walks, three Ks. His next outing, eight scoreless innings, two hits, no walks, 11 Ks. His next start, three and a third, eight hits, seven runs, a walk in five Ks. And then, you know, he had like three bad starts in a row. Then he had a good start against Washington, where was five scoreless innings, three hits, two walks, five Ks. So he is the epitome of boomer bust, you know? So definitely a DFS and the right matchup, good price, yeah, good GBP play because you know he has the potential to do what he did today, uh, and he also has the potential to absolutely blow up. So definitely a frustrating pitcher, no question about it, and I don't know, I kind of feel like I'm going to take a chance on him again, but I'll probably come back here next week and be like, see, I told you, I knew it, but uh, definitely has a lot of ability, but a lot, a lot of downside where he can ruin your day in the first, second inning. Uh, Mike Mustakis not ruining your day. He's helping two more home runs today for Moustakis, uh, Who I'm, I'm glad at least I got him one. league. It was my last draft of the year. I'm like I gotta get this guy. Like I don't know why I don't have him on any teams. I love Mustakis this year. You know I think he could hit 35, 40 home runs in this ballpark, uh, which is great for left-handed hitters. And he's got two home runs today. Christian Yelich, homer number 23 as uh, he doesn't slow down. Now batting 325, 23 homers, 51 RBIs. Tremendous season for him. Uh, tough outing today for Caleb Smith, who I do like, and he's been good this year. Five innings, six hits, four earned runs, two walks, two Ks, but three home runs. And you're going to see that with Marlins pitchers uh, when they're on the road. Obviously, it's a much tougher environment. And, you know, I talked about that with Pablo Lopez earlier this week. I know he had that good start to open this series, but Pablo Lopez has just allowed one home run at home this season, and uh, you know, a much tougher time on the road, and that's going to happen with uh, a lot of the Marlins pitchers because that ballpark is really good for pitchers. Uh, let's take a look at some lineups for tonight. The Yankees in Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. Jay Hap gets Edwin Jackson for the Blue Jays. Eric Sogard leading off, playing second base. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at third base, hitting second. Justin Smoke at first base, hitting third. Randall Greachuk, uh, the DH spot, hitting cleanup. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field hitting fifth. Teoscar Hernandez in center field hitting sixth. And they've talked about Hernandez playing center field the rest of the year. Freddie Galvis at shortstop hitting seventh. Brandon Drury in right field hitting eighth. And Luke Molly the catcher, batting ninth. The Twins in Cleveland as the Indians look to sweep this series. Much-needed wins, too, uh, as they are behind the Twins, who are 20 games over 500. Jose Bredios against Trevor Bauer. For the Twins, Max Kepler leads it off in center field. Jorge Polanco at shortstop batting second. Mitch Garver, the DH, hitting third. Eddie Rosario is in left field, hitting cleanup. Marwan Gonzalez in right field, hitting fifth. Jonathan Scope at second base, hitting sixth. Adrianza at third base, hitting seventh. CJ Crone at first base, hitting eighth. And Williams Astadillo, the, the catcher, batting ninth. So Nelson Cruz is out. Miguel Sano is out. And Byron Buxton is out, as Buxton did a three run homer yesterday. For the Indians, Francisco Lindor, who's really been great this year, turned into a great value for those that got him cheap. He's leading off at shortstop. Jason Kipnis at second base, hitting second. Carlos Santana is the DH, hitting third. Jake Bowers at first base, hitting cleanup. Jose Ramirez at third base, hitting fifth. Jordan Luplow in left field, hitting sixth. Tyler Naquin in right field, hitting seventh. Roberto Perez, the catcher, hitting eighth. Leonis Martin in center field, batting ninth tonight for the uh, Cleveland Indians. We got the Orioles in Texas. David Hess against Ariel Jurado. The A's are playing the Angels. It'll be Mike Fiers against Tyler Skaggs. The Nationals in San Diego. It'll be Patrick Corbin against Joey Lucchese. So, a lot of afternoon baseball. So, a small night slate tonight. You also, this afternoon, you got the uh, Rays. Uh, they're winning against Detroit 6-1. to That game is in the bottom of the eighth inning. Once again, a solid start here for Jalen Beeks, who follows the opener. Four and a third. Four hits. No runs. No walks and two strikeouts, so he's in line for a win. Travis Darno, two home runs today for the Rays. Willie Adamas, who has really picked it up lately, he hits his sixth home run of the season for the Rays. Andy Diaz with three hits, three for five in a run. Two hits for Avisail Garcia as uh, Darno having the big day for the Rays. For Detroit, Miguel Cabrera was out of the lineup today. Brandon Dixon with two hits in an RBI. He also has a stolen base. Daniel Norris, five and two thirds, eleven hits, three runs, a walk in six Ks for the uh, struggling uh, Tigers. There, the Red Sox lead the Royals. That game is seven four after seven innings. Mookie Betts with his tenth home run of the year. He's uh, one for two with a run, two walks, up to two seventy two on the season. Rafael Devers had a great year. No one really talks about him a lot. He's even stealing bases. One for two with a run, two RBIs, two walks today. He's hitting three eighteen with a three seventy nine OBP. Uh, he's had a great year uh, for the Red Sox, for the Royals. Uh, home runs for Alex Gordon, his 10th. Jorge Soler, his 16th. Uh, talked about Soler a lot in the preseason. as a great value that people are overlooking. Danny Duffy struggled today against the Red Sox, only going two and a third, four runs, two walks, and two Ks. That wraps it up here. I'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week, Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check out playffwc.com. Sign up for a draft now. Talk to you guys Friday here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.